when the last member of the Silver-Haired Sirens book club has arrived, handed Jacob her coat, and settled in with a glass of Merlot, Esther places a copy of the novel they have all just read in the center of the coffee table. For a group of elderly women, their choice of books is quite eclectic. This time, it's a story of a young man's journey from destitute elephant herder to prime minister of Bangladesh and the Australian expatriate gunrunner who steals his heart. The author is a 20-year-old prodigy from Croatia, and the novel is called, for reasons that escape Jacob, Mango. Paul Combs, Writer-in-Residence. Welcome to Bookish, a literary podcast. I'm Paul, and today we'll be talking about book clubs, what they are, why you should be part of one, and how to start one yourself if there's not one easily available for you to join. The what of a book club is pretty simple and should be fairly self-explanatory. It's where a group of people get together and read the same book over a period of time, typically a month, and then get together and discuss it, usually with alcohol. For whatever reason, it seems like alcohol is always necessary in a book club discussion. But hey, as long as you both drink and read responsibly, knock yourselves out. The why of a book club may not be as readily apparent. Reading is, after all, a solitary experience And it's a solitary experience even if you're part of a book club. You have to read the book yourself in order to be able to discuss it with your group. But it's the very solitary nature of reading that makes book clubs so much fun. Because when you've read a great novel, sometimes when you've read a horrible novel, you want to get together with someone and talk about it. And in most cases, If you go up to a stranger on the street and grab them by the lapels and say, The Shadow of the Wind was an amazing novel, or Did you see the dreck that just came out from James Patterson? They're at the very least gonna give you a strange look and move quickly away and at the very worst, perform some nasty martial arts on you. And none of us need that. But clubs are just like any other club you could join from a car club to a chess club to the Elks or Kiwanis or Masons, except that book clubs are cool. And the internet and social media have actually, kind of surprisingly, given people more options for book clubs than we could have ever dreamed of before. Now, let me be clear. What I'm talking about here are really virtual book clubs. When I talk a little bit later about starting your own, I'm talking about a situation where you get together with other real live people and have a discussion. That is in no way meant to denigrate any of the great online forums that go on from a friend of mine who does a 
monthly reading group on Instagram that has more than 2,000 followers where they all read the same book and then post comments about it to listening to a podcast like, and I kid you not, the Drunk Guys Book Club podcast. You can find it on Spotify and it is hilarious. Two guys get together and they pick a book, usually a classic, and they pair it with various beers most of the time. And they drink while they're talking about it. This month for short story month, they're doing a short story a day and pairing alcohol with it. It's it's really a great idea and it reflects what goes on in real life. So by all means, get involved in one of these online book clubs if you're so inclined and absolutely give a listen to the Drunk Guys Book Club podcast. You'll, you'll love it. But from this point forward, I'm talking about book clubs that involve people getting together in a living room or a coffee shop or somewhere else face-to-face with no electronic gizmos anywhere nearby. If you're looking for a book club to join, there's any number of ways you can find one locally from asking at your local library to your local independent bookstore to even Googling meetup groups in your area that do book clubs. The only downside to that is you're going in as a stranger. Now, the upside is you're getting to meet new people who are readers like you are. But for most of us, you're going to be more comfortable if you know at least most of the people in the group. That may mean starting your own group. So how do you do that? Well, before I give you some suggestions, I'd like to give you one more why about a book club. Maybe the most important why when it comes to why you should do it at all. The discussions. The discussions are the best part of the book club. They can be even better than the book itself a lot of the time, especially if there's a split among the group as far as how they liked it. Because then you can get into some really good, we won't call them arguments, but again, depending on how much wine you've had, they may turn into an argument. But you're arguing about books rather than any number of the other stupid things we fight about all day, every day nowadays. I'll give you a fictional example of how such a discussion can go from my novel, Writer in Residence, which I also quoted from at the beginning of this episode. And yeah, I realize I'm plugging my own novel, but it is my name on the podcast, so bear with me. That's not true, Miriam exclaims. The gunrunner was not a man. Her name was Tracy. How many female gunrunners have you ever heard of, Sarah retorts? He was most certainly a man. The author never uses the word he when talking about her, Miriam insists. Nor does he use the word she when talking about him, Sarah counters. I think, Esther says, that the author purposely left the gunrunner's gender ambiguous. 
right down to a name that can be either male or female. Jacob has not read the book and doesn't care if the character Tracy is a man, a woman, or a potted plant. But why leave something so important, so ambiguous? Asked June, a spry widow they know from synagogue. She had been the one who suggested Mango to the group. Precisely because it is so important, Esther replies. I believe he's making the point that love is what matters, regardless of nationality or social standing or even gender. He writes the characters and the story in such a way that you can choose whatever interpretation you're most comfortable with, which is refreshingly inclusive. There are murmurs around the room, mostly of agreement, but Jacob's unconvinced. He likes his characters to be easily identifiable. Unless you are really analyzing the text like my sister's, Esther continues, the story flows without this becoming a distraction. It took a lot of skill to stay as gender neutral as he did. Like the way Melissa Etheridge wrote her early songs, says Marcy. Everyone turns to look at her. At 80 years old, she is a senior woman in the reading group, but you'd never know it from her taste in clothes, music, and men. My granddaughter gave me her greatest hit CD after my cancer scare, Marcy explains, because of her song, I Run For Life. She's a lesbian, you know. Your granddaughter, June asks, shocked. I thought she was married to that nice podiatrist. Not my granddaughter, Marcy sighs. Melissa Etheridge. Not that there's anything wrong with that, Miriam and Sarah say in unison and then dissolve into a fit of childish laughter. They're addicted to the television show Seinfeld and quote it whenever possible. Jacob never understood the show's popularity. A show about nothing is like a novel with no plot. Now, if you think the idea of a book discussion jumping so quickly from a serious conversation about gender issues to Melissa Etheridge to a lesbian granddaughter to Seinfeld quotes, well, then you've never been part of a book discussion because I've seen that and far crazier happen more than once. And again, that's half the fun. So how do you form a group to get this fun started? Well, when we come back, I'm going to tell you. Welcome back. So what do you do if you want to start a book club for yourself? Well, it's actually pretty simple. All you need is a handful of friends who share a love of books and reading. Coworkers, neighbors, friends from church or other organizations are all people you can ask to join your book club as long as they share your love of books. They don't have to love the same type of books, however, because discovering new books, new authors, new genres is part of the joy of being part of a group of fellow book lovers. Now, it's best at the outset to limit the group to a small number. No fewer than three or four, but no more than probably eight is a good guideline. If you have too few, it'll be difficult to get a good discussion started. And if somebody doesn't show up, it significantly impacts the number that you have. But with too many, 
you'll invariably have a wallflower in the group that'll never join the discussion. And the discussions lead you in directions that'll both surprise you, as we talked about earlier, and can really enlighten you. Once you've got your membership set, there are a few logistical items that you need to take care of, such as how often you'll meet. Typically once a month is best. Where the meetings will be, and in what order people will pick the books. These may seem like insignificant issues, but they're actually critical for the book club to run smoothly and keep people interested and engaged. As I said, in most cases, meeting once a month will give time for everyone to read the book and to arrange things like childcare for the meeting night. Your group may actually meet during the day. It, it's going to just depend on your schedules. The order in which people will choose the book to be read can be done any number of ways, from alphabetically by name to drawing names out of a hat. It may make sense for the person who organized the group to choose the first book and then follow the decided order after that. Your book club can meet pretty much anywhere, from the house of the person who chose the current book to a restaurant or coffee shop. You could also take trips to a museum or art galleries if they match up well with the subject matter of the book you're reading. Just be sure to leave plenty of time for discussion. The person who chose the current book should have questions prepared before the meeting in order to both stimulate the discussion and keep the conversation on topic because it's easy to go off topic. A lot of popular books, especially when they come out in paperback, will have book club discussion guides at the back. And they can be a good place to start, but I wouldn't stick to them like you're in a college class. It's unavoidable that over time, usually during the first six months to, to a year, one or more people will drop out of the club and others may be added. As time goes on, you'll get a feel for what the right size for your group is, and you may choose to either expand it or limit the number. You'll also learn during this time what types of books will and will not work for your group. You want to explore different genres. You want to explore different types of literature. But there are going to be things that your group's just not going to like. If you know after a few months that no one in the group likes science fiction, then when it's your turn to choose the book, don't pick Isaac Asimov. Because it's not supposed to be a chore. It's supposed to be fun. Finally, and I think this is pretty important, while each person is going to be tempted to choose a favorite book to share with the group, which is fine. One they've already read, obviously, and should reread when the group does. One of the most rewarding things about a book club is discovering new authors, especially ones you never would have chosen if left to pick for yourself. In this way, book clubs open up new worlds of reading and expand your horizons, both in the literary sense and in your view of the world. There are inevitably going to be books most of the group hates. But even this can be a valuable experience as knowing what you don't like helps you steer towards things you do like. So step out of your comfort zone and don't be afraid to start your own book club. As I said earlier, reading is a solitary endeavor. But paradoxically, 
It's one that can and should be shared with others. Discussing books with friends is a great way to strengthen the bonds of that friendship and share something you all love. As I say at the end of almost every episode, keep on reading. But this time, do it together. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Bookish. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to keep episodes like this coming, I'd also like you to consider supporting us by clicking the support this podcast link on the anchor site. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can keep episodes like this coming and also help us get to the point where we're completely ad-free. Thanks again.